Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this, this is Matt Stahl. Oh, nice. <laughs> and welcome to the Business Legal Podcast, where we cover business in the news and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in at ask. A-S-K at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. I'm glad our video has a little bit of a delay so you can't see when I'm talking. I know you were trying to time that, so you said at the same time, but gotcha on that one. Uh, even if I was a little off, we'll have Chris like line it up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm concerned about the Friday episode because I feel like you've, you're going to see me. Actually, I got something in mind, so we'll, we'll figure this out. <laughs> But enough monkey business here, because we have a story to talk about, about monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> enough monkeys now. And Let's actually, I didn't story. realize, I, this, I'd heard the story in the last couple of weeks, but I didn't realize that this was so long ago, or not so long ago, but 2011 was when this actually happened. And what happened was, I don't know all the details, but basically they were at a, I would assume a zoo or some sort of something like that. And basically, a monkey somehow <laughs> got a hold of a photographer's camera and just took a ton of pictures. And one of them was a pretty funny selfie of the monkey that the monkey took that I guess only recently went viral, probably because selfies have become popular this year. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah. But anyways, so it went up on Wikipedia. I don't know on what page. And the photographer said, hey, you're infringing on my copyright. I have a copyright on this photo. You need to take it down. And Wikipedia's response was, well, you don't own the image, so or you don't have a copyright on it, so we're not going to take it down. And it raises a couple interesting questions. I guess the first one is, can this monkey actually have a copyright of the photo? And we're going to answer that, that it's no. But since that's the case, who actually owns... I guess who has the copyright to this photo? I feel like we talked about... Wasn't the selfie at the Oscars? We talked about yeah. who owned the copyright for that. Yeah. I don't remember who took it. Do you remember who took the photo at the Oscars? Uh, Bradley Cooper, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. So, so it was well established that even though it was Ellen's camera, Samsung Galaxy S, was it S4 at the time? Uh, the just little plug-in. I, I'm sponsored by them, by the way. Just so you know, <laughs> we established that Bradley Cooper, as the photographer himself, was the one that owned the copyright to the image, even though it was Ellen's camera. Even though it was maybe she's the one that published it. But but so this makes it interesting. Can a monkey own a copyright? Obviously not. But CNN actually goes through a nice little legal analysis as to whether or not it's possible that at least the camera owner owns a copyright. And I started thinking about this because, okay, forget about it that it was an animal that actually took the photo. If I set a camera out to take a landscape photo and, and have it take a picture every five seconds or 10, 10 seconds or whatever, like a time lapse or whatever, then I would obviously own the copyright. And even though a lot of people are saying, okay, well, this needs to, you know, go to court in order to actually determine because it's kind of a sketchy area, I can see an argument being made that in proponents of the camera owner that it's something similar, even though like if I left a camera in a certain position where let's say that it only goes off if the animal goes by or the emotion detector, right? Does that mean that the animal is the one that actually took the picture? Well, not really, because I caused that to happen. 
Same thing. If I hand a camera to a monkey that has ability to press the buttons and take a picture, does that all of a sudden I lose my copyright for that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a good, good question. But I think the difference with that in here is the monkey actually took it. So it's not anything that this guy specifically did himself. Yeah, he, he didn't intend to do it, right? Yeah. yeah. And I guess this was just randomly in the forest. I, I don't know why I assume this was the zoo, because there are pictures of him just hanging out with these monkeys, which seems dangerous. But like, for example, if I drop a camera and it takes a picture... Because it hit the ground. I'm not going to say that the ground can't hold a copyright, so therefore no one owns a copyright. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's similar. I mean, like, there's obviously a difference between an inanimate object and an animal. But yeah. if we're saying that an animal doesn't own a copyright, then, I mean, someone has to, right? It's a, it's a photograph. Well, I guess in theory, what Wikipedia is saying is no one owns the copyright. I guess that's an answer, too. Yeah, and that's their stance. But if he took the photo and altered it and turned it into some sort of his own work, then I think he could get a copyright on that, just in this instance. And that's a good point, too. The fact that he actually published it and sized the image and produced it and so forth, though that typically doesn't create a copyright in the image, it's a derivative work, but a derivative work can be also have its own copyright as well. I think there's something there. I think that we got to figure out how to follow up with these stories, because I really bet you that maybe not now... It'll be a while from now, but this is somehow going to be resolved in the favor of the uh, owner of the camera. Yeah, and just to follow up what you were saying, the work must have an author. The origin has to be a human being, so materials produced solely by nature, plants, or animals are not copyrightable. So I guess the origin, if you dropped it and hit the ground, I guess the origin would be from you. I think the origin would be still from the human being, I still think. The thing is, the point is, I don't think it matters whether it's intentional or unintentional. Like, forget about a ground. If I accidentally take a picture, right, and that's still my copyright, I don't think there's any argument with that. I'll tell you what, if you take a picture, if your camera hits the (laughs) ground and it's an amazing picture that someone's trying to infringe upon, why don't we address that when it happens? (laughs) Because I guess I was thinking about the logistics of this just now. Like the, I don't know what the how a a good picture could be produced from you dropping a camera and hitting hitting the ground. I'm sure there's. If you threw it against the wall, maybe and it hit the. I really bet you that some of the best journalistic pictures in the world have had its origins in some kind of accident of some sort. I mean, frankly, a lot of those photos are. You have to position yourself and timing and so forth, but there's a lot of luck involved with some of those photos when it comes to capturing wildlife or some news event and so forth. But yeah, I think the photo of all those workers suspended high up on that beam from the black and white photo that I'm sure everyone's seen. Yeah. I think a camera was free falling. Somehow they brought a camera back that was a uh, small back in time. It was free falling and landed against another beam and took that photo. I know. I thought it was a monkey. <laughs> a monkey. Yeah. Or that. That's what I read. And that's why you can copy it without any kind of problem. Don't quote me on that. I wonder what the most famous photo is. I don't know. It's a good question. Taken by a monkey? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure Time Magazine would have an opinion on that. Yeah. I'm looking at some famous photos right now. That's what I was wondering. The picture I was describing was called Lunch Atop a Skyscraper, 1932, New York Construction. Wow. 69th floor. It's funny how just you mentioning everyone can picture that photo, and that's how memorable it is. Yeah. And yet it's such a simple photo. Question of the day. Not dealing with monkeys, I don't think. Monkeyless. More monkey business, I suppose. 
There has been a lot of chatter with my employees. Can I ban gossip in the office? Good question. I hate gossiping. I think it really could bring a company down from the inside, truly. I mean, once it starts, it's definitely a good point. So, I mean, generally speaking, you can discipline your employees within reason, obviously, for things they do. This person here asked if they could ban gossip. So I guess the key thing is if you have some sort of policy, it just can't be overly broad, I suppose. Is that how you would put it? Yeah. And I think the main reason is the National Labor Board has actually ruled on this issue. And what they're trying to prevent, and a rule like saying that you can't gossip, very simple, or gossip is not tolerated. The problem with that is that it could be infringing upon protected activity. For example, when it comes to unionizing or when it comes to complaining about, let's say you're gossiping about the fact that the office has or the place of employment is unsafe, right? Or there's some labor law violation and so forth. So these are all protected activities. And so I think making it too broad becomes a problem. And even, for example, statements like negative comments about your fellow team members and other aspects like negativity or gossip, maybe even still too broad. Yeah. So restricting that on an official capacity is, I think, is very difficult to do. I think the National Labor Board have, has gone a little bit overboard, so to speak, on excluding these kind of things, but that's the concept that they're trying to protect. <laughs> so you're saying they've gone overboard on deciding what is overboard. <laughs> I like how you... <laughs> yeah. As the National Labor Board went overboard. I agree, because some of the things that they're saying is too broad. Like you said, negative comments about our fellow team members, discourteous or inappropriate attitude or behavior to blah, blah, blah. And this doesn't seem like it's too broad. Yeah. Gossip is not tolerated that the company employees that participate in or instigate gossip about the company employer customer will receive disciplinary action. Like, that that seems fine to me. Yeah. I think the key is, too, if you have an employee that you want to terminate just because they're gossiping, there's probably many more things you can find about them that's grounds for termination. Yeah. And I haven't run into the specific issue of having a client want something like this, but If they did, I think there's probably a way, and again, you know, this isn't legal advice, but this is just kind of me theorizing here. There's probably a way to do it and make it these same broad statements, but then give some exceptions that in no way can this restriction be construed to limit the employee's rights to do X, Y, and Z, or for example, discussing unionization and so forth and build that kind of exception. But here's another thing. To me, gossip is just not about talking about negative things. It's about talking about negative things behind people's back. That's my definition of gossip. And having a little bit more transparent and openness of anything that may be going on in the office is much more important than setting some policy that people may or may not follow. Now you do hate gossip. You're right. <laughs> it's my nemesis. I think it's uh there's some sort of show, I believe, that was gossip 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 Girl. Is that that's a show, right? Yeah, that was your favorite show. Yeah, I <laughs> you know you don't have to play coy with everyone. No one will mind. I can't say I've ever seen it, but maybe I'll watch it. Either between, have I, but I'll watch it between now and when <laughs> this episode comes out, so I'll have plenty to talk about. <laughs> I honestly don't think it's even around anymore, but I could be wrong. Gossip Girl. If you know, let us know, because I don't want to look it up. I'm too lazy to Google it right now. 2007 through 2012. Okay. So yeah, nice. it's done. See, it's apparently other people hated Gossip Girl too. I'm not the only one. Blake Lively. That's a pretty big lead, I guess. It's a pretty big name. 
All right. Well, enough of this. Enough gossip and monkeys. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. And don't forget to leave some fun, great reviews on iTunes and other channels that we may have. No gossip, though. So, yeah, please, no gossip. All right. Thanks for joining us. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.